Hey guys, thank you so much for tuning in today. We have a fabulous guest. I'm so super excited about having her. She has uh, cast Criminal Minds, Criminal Minds spinoff. She did the pilot for Reservation Dogs. And now she has this new cool podcast called Killer Casting, where she speaks to other casting directors and industry professionals and actors all about the, the industry as like I do. So we give back. And so I'm super excited to bring on right now, Lisa Zambetti. Pop it on. Oh my goodness. Oops. Hi. One second. Sorry. Oh, there we go. Hi. Hi, Sherry. Hi. Okay. You guys don't know this, but I haven't seen you since we did, you came as my guest to Maui, Oh, so, which was I pre-COVID, I would have um, Maui retreats and it was like camp. And then I invite popular, very, you know, wonderful casting directors as yourself to come down and spend some time with all the actors and along with the hiking and the kayaking and the whale oh watching. Well, we didn't oh. do whale watching this summer, but, you know, all of it. And it's so good to see you. And you look amazing. And I'm so happy you're here. Thank you for having me. Yeah, that's such a special thing that you offer to people. It's such an intensive time that people make, you know, real, real progress in the most beautiful setting in the world, you know. I'm just telling you, Maui is my home and hopefully I'll be able to do it again soon. Um, the reason why I haven't is because the pricing in Maui has just gone up so high. I can't make it feasible for actors to join me. Oh, yeah. But it is, I could, I could quit everything right now and just work in a restaurant and then sit on the beach and go surfing. Mm -hmm. I don't know. It's my vibe, but that's not why we're here today. We're here to know all about you, Lisa Zambetti, and your wonderful casting life and how you got into casting. And let's just start with that. And then we're going to roll into Criminal Minds and then we're going to talk about your podcast, which I'm excited about because anything in the give back world is, you know, tremendous for other artists. So absolutely. Let's start. Go ahead, tell us. Yeah, I started as an actor, like so many people that you train, so many people who are, who are listening. I started as an actor in New York, and I worked in a whole bunch of theater companies, and I was on Broadway and off-Broadway and super, super off-Broadway. So I was one of you, and and I so that's why I so understand the sacrifice that you all face and the, and the ups and the downs and uh, just how hard it is and how important it is to have great mentors like you and, and just great teachers who get not only the business, you know, the outside of the business and the strategy of it all, but the internal stuff, you know, mm -hmm. the head, heart, all that stuff. Um, so yeah, so I was an actor and then I made the transition in, in New York to get into casting and I worked for some amazing, like the top casting people in who are your mentors who mentored so, you and how did you Billy Hopkins Paul uh. Schnee Carrie Barden Suzanne Smith I mean that was the first office that I worked for I worked for all of them and I interned for them and then I um one of them went on an extended uh, vacation not vacation but an extended leave and so I got to really fill in and really do some work um and then eventually I moved and I came to LA and But know, how did that happen though were you just auditioning were you doing a Broadway show or and you're like I don't I can't the emotional of it or were you really intrigued by I it? will tell you what happened and not to date everybody but you know 9-11 happened I mean 9-11 I was in New York for 9-11 and um that made that was a very clarifying 
thing. Like mm-hmm. if you were dating the wrong fucking person on 9-11, you were like the next day, like I, I'm out of this relationship. If you were doing the wrong job, if you were just not pursuing your dreams, uh, I mean, we know this, you know, recently in the pandemic, you know, crisis equals clarity. And if you have to all of a sudden wake up and go, what do I really want to be doing? What really makes me happy? And I realized that really acting for me was the collaboration that I loved, not really the performance, not really doing the eight shows a week or, or, you know, even being in front of the camera or being in, in a, you know, studio doing voiceovers, which I had done. Um, I just love the collaboration and I, and I just realized that. And I thought I have to make a shift and I realized casting was perfect because I know how to talk to actors. I know how to talk to, to um, writers because I was a playwright and, you know. Ah. And I know I've done you know, so many things I didn't even know about, which is part of why I love doing these podcasts and getting to know the people that are that are coming on. Sure. So, so how did you get that first job in casting in case there's anybody out there just being attracted to that side? Yeah. Well, this was a very different time when you could there were, you know, ads. There were there were ads for internships. Oh. And so I, you know, it's very different now for a lot of different reasons. Um, but the only way to to it would be to go and be a reader for a casting director and then, you know, become an intern and work that way. So that's that's what I that's how I, I worked my way up. And it's funny because Juliana Margulies had also had the job that I had. Um, but she was there for a very different reason. You know, she had been um, an intern for Billy, but because she was an actor and she wanted to know, um, you know, the business side of it. And so anyway, so that was a track. That's crazy. I had no I, idea. I yeah, I know. That. Yeah, yeah. I mean, that's what they told me. I, I didn't meet her when she was there, but I met all kinds of people. I was able to read for just all kinds of just New York royalty actors, uh-huh. you know, so I learned so much. And then, um, you know, and then I got married and I had babies and I was like, you know what, I want to focus on my babies while yeah. they're babies. And so yeah. I took step back. But when I came back, I moved to LA and I had to start all fucking over again. That's was amazing like, though. I have a question though about that because yeah, as yeah, an yeah. actor, before you were a casting director, because actors out there get extremely nervous to read for a casting director, to meet them, to just hang out with them. Did you have those nerves? And then what, did you know that it was going to be comfortable, comfortable for you to be side by side with the casting directors? And... <laughs> Please let people know that their comfort level is the most important thing. Well, I had horrible stage fright when I was an actor. I mean, when I was on Broadway, I had a little um, a little packet. <laughs> this is going to sound terrible. I had a little packet in my dressing room full of sugar because I had a fear that I was going to get hiccups. <laughs> During, oh, really? during the show. So oh. I had all these really weird emotional fears. And if you put sugar on the back of your tongue, you will temporarily stop hiccups if they're happening. Anyway, I had all these weird. Okay. Things. First of all, I had no idea about the hiccups. <laughs> Second of all, that's a little bit of crazy, adorable, wonderful actors, you know, neuroses that gets in your head. I love oh, yeah. But what oh. was that? Was that triggered by a, a bout with hiccups when you were on stage? No, it was just, I would get, like, in my regular life, I would get hiccups and, like, they wouldn't go away for a whole day, that kind of thing. And I would be like, oh, my God, what if that happens on stage? Or or what if I forget my lines? Or what if, what if, you know, I, I had all kinds of stupid, I mean, not stupid. That's, but just, you know. that's hilarious. It's painful yeah. at the time, but so funny when you hear about it now. Because- right. And, and I would be very, very nervous auditioning. But, and once, but once I started being the reader, as we all know, the pressure is really off of you when you're the reader. And my acting got exponentially better. 
as a reader then and I and I, because I just really wanted to be there for the actor I wasn't competing against the actor I wanted to give them and I do that still now give them the pace give them the opportunity yes. to shine give them what they need to react to you know within well, not all casting directors do that so that's amazing that you do do that but that's your theater and training and your acting yeah. Yeah. And that, and what you teach, I'm sure, you know, to be really listening to your partner and really giving them the things that they need anyway. So, so being a reader, you know, was amazing. Although I did have to read, I think I read with Charlotte Rampling. I don't know if you, you know, people listening don't know who that is, but she's like a major European actress and, and, um, Kate, um, Oh my God! I know you'll have to cut this part out. But I, I was reading against like major huge. Kate Blanchett? No, not, not Kate Blanchett, but Kate. Oh my God, she's she was super. Uh, I'll think of it in a second. But anyway, um, um. So you were reading with them? Yeah, reading with you know big time people, and and they were so kind to me. You know, they were just so and so appreciative that I was really engaged and giving them something back in the reading. So anyway, so I, I lost, you know, the nervousness for sure. And of course I was working for, you know, just, just, you know, Billy Hopkins and Carrie and, and Paul and, and Suzanne, and they were just so like, Oh, just read, don't be so nervous. Like they were, you know, diffusing anything like that. And, you know, and I, and I got pregnant while I was working with them. Um, and they were just, you know, as my tummy got bigger and bigger, and bigger, they would just be like, you know, so excited for me and, uh. and just, you know, it was just a great, it was just a great atmosphere. And I just learned so much, you know, Billy Hopkins is really famous for, for many, um, actresses that he cast got nominated and won Academy Awards. I mean, he cast Gwyneth Paltrow and Shakespeare in Love and Halle Berry and Monsters Ball. And so, you know, why, Watching him and, and learning his aesthetic, you know, was was huge. So, what was the main thing that you learned about when an actor came in? Now, of course, it's different, and we'll talk about actors' tapes. But what was that thing? Was it just that inner flow yeah. of words and that inner, inner confidence? Inner, inner confidence. No, but not fronting, not pushing, not selling. That inner. So it was so internal, Sherry. It's like people who just know who they are. And, um, and so, and so their work knows what it is too. Um, that's the thing. And I'm sure maybe they were nervous, but, um, it didn't seem like it. They seemed yes. like they could breathe, that they, and they were prepared. They were completely so, so prepared with the material. They knew how, how to have an extended conversation about the material, um, anyway, they wanted to collaborate. They were confident yeah. enough to like discuss what the material is if they needed to. They weren't caring what you thought of them. They were there to service the material, give a great exactly. read, good performance. Right, and right. That, that nerve thing is the killer for a lot of actors. And those actors, and I guarantee you, all those people that you're saying were so confident, they were nervous. Absolutely. You cannot not be nervous, right. but they know how to control it. And yes. to use it. And that is the beauty. Absolutely. And I, you also got a sense that this one role was not the biggest fucking thing in their life. You know what I mean? That they had other, they had a whole life beyond this room with this reader and this casting director. You know what I mean? Like they weren't desperate for this thing. That life was much bigger. 
which is so important for actors. You have to have a full life. You have to do other things. You have to, now you can travel again, but you have to have relationships and families and don't wait because it's the wrong time, right? Mm -hmm. That's right. That's right. Um, Yeah. So yeah. So I just learned, and and that was all for film because all that that office did at that time was just film, 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 film. Um, And then when I moved to LA, then I really started getting schooled on, how to cast for amazing television. And I, and I also assisted for just, you know, the top casting directors in the business and, and learned, learned. Learned how, so know. much. So mm-hmm. what is that key difference? Because when I'm teaching in my classes, the vocal tone for film is so much less than for television and procedurals and all that. What do you find for the actors listening out there would be that little bit of a message you can let them know? What's the difference? I mean, I, I have to be honest, it's every piece of material is so different, right? You just have to use your skills and understand what the tone is because you could have a very slow burn TV show or a scene from a TV show that is not that fast, fast rapport that you might find in a, in a procedural. So I don't necessarily differentiate it. I appreciate that you might when you're teaching people, but you know, I mean, I cast for video games, I cast for film, you know, I cast for audio projects and it's just good acting. Good acting is good acting. That's it. Good acting. Yeah. Yeah. You just have to understand the tone of what you're reading and maybe go look up you know, what this director has done before, what the, what the writer has done before and really understand that is the most important thing than trying to say, well, you know, I mean, obviously if you're doing something for a multi-cam, that's going to have its own theatricality and its own energy, but you still have to be honest. I still have to believe you, whether you're playing a doctor in like a kooky comedy or you're a doctor on Grey's Anatomy or, or you know, whatever. I have to still believe that you're a doctor. I have to believe that authority and that status. A hundred percent. Now I want to ask you this because everyone, it's all subjective and different casting directors have different opinions about wearing. So if you're going in for a doctor role or a lawyer, dressing to a T, a fireman or, a, you know, a, a cop, dressing it, give the essence of it. What is your thing because you're working for the producers and their ideas? So what, what's your take on that? Well, I, I think dressing to suggest is a really good idea. Mm-hmm. And I have the data to prove it. I have the absolute data. It's not important for me as a casting director and for many of my colleagues, like they don't give a shit, you know, you could be wearing, you know, whatever, all black and I'll, and I'll believe you, you know, as whatever, Work but there. it does, you know, this business is all about subconscious, um, impact, So it may not, I may not care what you're wearing, but the people who are watching you, the other people, they are very suggestible, I would say, not in a bad way, but you know, what they see is what they need to get. It's, it's understandable. Uh, You know, they, they're not like us uh, actors who've been in repertory theater and, you know, I, I, I may, you know, one night I may be dressed like Ophelia and the next night I may be dressed like guys and dolls or whatever, you know, they, it's, they, they really just, need to see what they what they're getting and dressing with the silhouette of your character really helps them see it helps them feel 
you know, that you're authentic. So that does not mean you have to run out and buy a lab coat. Although I will say that one of my friends I've cast like a million times as a doctor, he always wears a lab coat that fits and he him. books the jobs and he books it. He books the jobs and and but this lab coat fits him. It looks like it's been washed like a million times and it doesn't look like a costume. And you don't even notice that he's really wearing it because because you know he's so effortless in it. So I'm not saying that you have to wear a white, white lab coat, but it's not a bad idea if you're going to be reading the role of a nurse or a surgeon that you might, you know, have a really worn out scrubs top that fits you, that looks, that's really just comfy. And you're wearing your normal jeans and your normal uh, sneakers, but that silhouette or something like it can yeah. really help you just stay in the pool. That's what you want. Unless it's that you can tell that you just went out and got this starchy yes. tight. Exactly. Just cracked out the package. Yeah. Yeah. You don't want that. But at the same time, like if you're going to be coming in for the role of a bartender, like, is it a country Western bar? Is it a biker bar? You know, like, where are you in the world? What is the world? So you might want to wear like, you know, a t-shirt and a, and a plaid shirt over it. If it's like a country Western old, you know, bar or, or if it's, if you're a barista, you might want to think about that. Like, what are you seeing in real life? What do you feel comfortable in? That's not a costume, but suggests, you know, this world, it's really powerful. And it's something that you can control, you know, and, um, why not use it? If you can, if you're going to be an FBI agent, wear a fucking suit that fits yeah. you. Yeah. With hard cold shoes, you know, those things will make you feel differently, not just what we're taking in. But it's also important on that note, and I totally agree to give the essence. And sometimes if those scrubs are worn out, you feel like it's a part of you not put on then a hundred percent. But if you, if you really are doing the character and you're jumping into the world, so whatever the wardrobe really helps you as an actor anyway. Not too much. To me, if you're exactly. I can tell when actors are trying too too hard and exactly. it just Absolutely. Yeah. You don't want to, if you're coming in for the role of a cop, there's no need to wear an actual cop uniform with handcuffs, you know, which I have seen. But wearing dark blue chinos and a dark blue shirt. Yes. And I've seen it kind of go the opposite way, Sherry, where somebody really hasn't attended to that. Like maybe they've come in like with a bright Hawaiian flowery magenta shirt, you know, for a role that's really serious. And it's nothing that's said out loud, but I've just seen like that person kind of just be put in the margin and just not considered. It's really weird and it's not fair, but it is, um, it's all about the subconscious impact that you're, you know, and the things that you can control. So why and not? I, I somewhat agree. I mean, I totally agree with you because even at, if, if what you just said, if that person is going in for a lore and is wearing a, a Hawaiian shirt, then he's not in the right thought. He's not in the right world of it. He's not in the right creativity process of that character, and it's in my opinion. Yeah, but it's a shame because I have seen it happen, and, and, the, and the work is fine. Like, it's not yeah. like, you know, there's not anything wrong with that person's acting, but there's something that's fighting with it. And when you have so many other people that are auditioning who are nailing the right vibe and the right tone with their look, um, you know, people just want the answer. The producers just want the answer right in front of them. It's like, yes, yeah. they look, they look, they sound, I believe them, boom. You know, it just, you want to make it easier for them and not harder. Um, and that's I mean, 
I, I totally agree. Now that the world has changed, so I'm sure you miss being in person as much as every actor out there misses being in, in person. So when you're looking at tapes, uh, what is that thing that grabs you? Is it the first five seconds to the opening moment and the thought? Because you know right away, don't you? You know. We do. And that's not to say that we don't watch the entire tape, but let's say like, you know, recently I had like 30 tapes to go through for one role. I, I'm filtering, right? So I'm going through the first few moments and I'm like, oh yes, 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 yes. I don't need to see the rest right away. And then I go back and then I spend more time. And, you know, so it is, especially if you're working in TV, it's so, so fast, you know, getting those first few beats right. And if you're counting on this, a scene that has a big monologue at the end, mm. that that's where you're going to get the role because of how you do that monologue at the end, no. <laughs> Hopefully, you know, you really want to work on the beginning. And it's not so much me, but I just know the people that I'm showing these tapes to, they really can feel it right away. And I can see them. I can see them leaning forward in the beginning of a tape. And then as the tape, you know, very, you know, just a few lines in, they're leaning back and they're like, okay, next, next, who's the next person? So, you know, really getting that. What does that mean? They're leaning forward and leaning back. What what were you, what did you mean by that? It's they're giving up power and proving themselves by leaning forward. Oh and no, then, I mean the person who I'm sitting with, if I'm sitting next to my director or my producer, whether, uh, whether it's an actor coming in live in the room or live in a Zoom, which is really what we're doing right now, uh, you know, I can see them kind of leaning forward or if we're watching tapes together, that's really what I'm saying. So if we're watching tapes together, which is what I like to do, I don't like just to send the tapes out and then, you know hear back. I like to do it together. And yeah. I can see my director or producer kind of leaning forward, you know, hand on their chin, really interested. And then something will happen. And I can see their body shift back like this. I, you know. Which means they're not as interested. That, that they disengage. Like, so I can yeah. see it physically happening to them, right? Yeah, that's interesting. So, so actors, yeah. actors, you have to keep the engagement factor. So that strong opening moment, and then all those you know, nuances in between have to be so vivid and not not over the top. I mean, yeah. I'm more nuanced and under, but there has to be something. And I think actors out there look at the actors that you like because the actors you like are doing that to keep you intrigued. Right. And also knowing that because we're so close up in this new, you know, self-tape Zoom reality, we can see so much more nuance. We can see so much more subtlety and internal work because you really, as an actor, if you're listening to me right now, we want the, 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 the focus of the camera to come in, right? To creep in, 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 closer, closer, closer. And if you're acting at the camera and pushing, the camera actually refracts back from that. It's like, whoa. Oh, we get it. We get it. So you want to be more intimate, more real, more just, you know, hearing the pulse of the scene literally um, instead of something that's more performative and, and presentational. And it's so interesting because actors always have a tendency the minute the camera comes on that they have to do more when it's completely the opposite. I always tell actors, put your hand in front of your face mm -hmm. and that so close to your face and that's where the other person is. So that's as much as you have to reach out to talk to that other person. So the right. lens comes towards you and then that's the audience, it. the audience is with you. And what you're saying, if they're opposing it, then the audience recoils too. Whoa, you're coming at me too hard. I don't need that. It's right. not real. It's not grounded. Right. And yeah. 
actors get excited. So of course they're going to do it, but you guys have the gift of being able to do it until you're grounded, 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 grounded. Exactly. Yes. And Okay. Anyway, so let's just talk about um, uh, the show. So you did the pilot for Reservoir. Reservation. <laughs> uh, why do I, I want to say Reservoir Dogs? Reservoir. I know. I know. Yes. And so how was that in the casting process? It was, what, what was that like? Tell it us. was incredible. I was so lucky to be asked to join the team with Angelique Midthunder um, to to do the casting for this pilot. And it was yeah. and it was really crazy because at first I just thought that I was just going to be helping out like on the L.A. side of it um, because they were, we were doing a huge search for indigenous talent. And it was and while it is a small pool, there are places to search. And so we were just getting just hundreds of tapes from all around the country, all around Canada, you know, um, but I was so blessed that I got to fly to Oklahoma um, with Angelique and with Sterling Harjo, who was uh, who's the showrunner, and we drove all over the state, big you know, big Oklahoma City, the biggest city, to tiny, tiny little towns, and you just I just met so many amazing families and um, every kind of actor, you know, actors who who obviously had maybe never ever done anything before, never not even a school play, but who were coming out because this was a show about them, about their community, about about their lives, and so um, we met some really talented, talented wow. people, and you know, some of them, you know, made, made it through the process and auditioned. Um, back in LA for Taika Waititi and for um, Sterling and, and, and some of them didn't make it that far, but they were still so good that, you know, I think that they're still being used in the run of the show, but it was such a great opportunity. And I'm just so happy all the people we met and uh, I've kept them in mind for, you know, all kinds of other projects. And it's just, it was just such a great experience. I feel and, the, um, the beam in your heart when you're talking about it, because it's all about human connection and the truth. Yeah. Acting is about truth, right? So the yeah. truthfulness and the care that these people have to represent their people probably shown through whether they had acting training or not. So it's that simplicity, the honesty, that vulnerability that probably got you excited about it. Plus working well, I, with great people. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. And and the beautiful thing is, you know, there were some kids who showed up who were just terrified. I mean, we were talking about nerves before. They were so scared. And uh -huh. so you know, part of the job is, and I, and I've certainly auditioned many, many children, you know, and I've had to have them do, you know, on the shows that I do like horrible things, like be, be, be tormented and, and, oh, emotional, and like, emotional. Awful, awful things. Yes. So to have, you know, material that was very like in their language, you know, in their, in their vibe, like they totally understood this world and, and, you know, to be able to work with them a little bit, to get them to relax and kind of just be themselves. And at one point, what I loved is, that um, the director Sterling said, you know what, why don't you just do the scene, but like open a bag of potato chips and just do the scene while you're eating potato chips with me. And, and, and that really like could relax them and they could improvise a little bit, you know, because it is. When in doubt, when in doubt, put behavior into your scene. Exactly. Always. 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 Get off the words it. and put it into your body. Yeah. So that was, so it was a great experience and to see how well the show has been received because at that time we didn't, it was not a sure thing right. for sure. We had no idea if this was going to move forward and then the pandemic shut it down before <laughs> it even, you know, so, you know, when I heard that it was coming back and it was getting, you know, a full order, I was just really 
really happy for them and happy for, you know, there was one uh, Lane Factor who was one of the kids that was cast and he is from Oklahoma and he did make it. And now he's really, you know, now he's going to have a huge career, uh, hopefully, and it will be taken care of. And he, and I mean, you just can't imagine what this does for his family and his community. Uh, so proud of him. Incredible. You know? so, incredible. Yeah. yeah. So what, what is your casting process? So Different, and we're not going to talk about the casting process when we were in person. I want to talk about the casting process now. So you have your producers who tell you what they're interested in. Tell us. I don't want to answer for you. So tell yeah, us. Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, it's just, it's just, you know, everybody probably has a very similar experience, you know, thing. It's It all starts with the script. It has to start with the script, you know, and... Uh, talking with the producers about what they're looking for, but also how much outside of the box can we go? Is this is this role an opportunity to have an actor who has a disability, or can we change the gender, or can we open up the gender? You know, or can we open up the the ethnicity? Like I'm always trying to think about that if it's not already, you know, in the the material um and then put out that breakdown but then of course you're still thinking 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 of all the people that um you know and have worked with before you know so you want to bring in people that you love mm -hmm. um or good people that's the most important thing now sherry uh, that i think that we've all learned is like life is too fucking short to work with assholes <laughs> so you want i don't think there's no tolerance of that anymore in the old days People could be really um, take advantage on set and, oh, hi, cuteness. Mm -hmm. And that's her dog, in case you're not, you're just hearing this and not seeing it. Um, that people, you know, were running late and causing problems. I don't think that's tolerated anymore. Yeah, I, I, I don't think so either. But also, like, we just want to keep lifting up the people who... Like, you know, I do a lot of some of lower budget films and stuff. And so people who are game to jump in on that, I want to reward them when I've got other things to do. Or people do like play readings for me or or table reads for me to help, you know, my producer, my director, you know, create better material. I want to reward them and I want to take them with me when I've got a bigger money job that I can put them in, you know? Yeah, that's so, so good. So what so you call people in, you find out people that you know from your past and then agents or managers are submitting you know through actors mm -hmm. access right. or whatever and then you right. narrow it down so when you have them go on tape my question and a lot of you know it always says send one take but how do you feel about actors sending in two takes the adjustment if it's a 180 degree different because there's no interaction anymore exactly right so i will be, i will always be like if you want if you feel like you've got more than one take please go ahead, put it on. Why not? What, what the fuck do I care? I cannot watch it if I don't want to watch it, you know? So there's really no, no downside to it for me. Um, but also, Sherry, what I do is I don't just ask for self-tapes. I will still do a pre-read session too because, I mean, I, you know, I'll be getting all of these tapes, all of these tapes, but I also want to just get in there and be able to redirect people and be able to, you know, for myself, help them at the pre-read stage. Just so how do you do the, how do you, on Zoom, you mean a pre-read on so Zoom? I'll do, you know, do a couple sessions that are live via Zoom that, you know, that I tape oh. just like this, just like what we're doing I'm, right now. This is makes my heart smile because yeah. after we need the connection and the direction. Right, yeah. right. So then, and then, you know, so then I'll have both, you know, self-tape submissions and then stuff that I've taped myself, but just because I just feel like I have to, 
no, I just feel like I have to do that. And then, you know, we narrow it down and I started sending my producers the best of what I, what I'm seeing and keeping in contact with them and seeing, is this in the ballpark? How are you feeling? You know? And, um, and then we do the producer session or the callback and then we really get into it. Obviously some things are just cast off tape. Like, oh yeah, he's fine for the mailman or she's fine oh, yeah. for the fire, fireman, you know? Um, but you know, that's the, that's basically the process. Sometimes there'll be a, a further chemistry read and we're doing that on zoom. Right. And you'd think right. that it would be weird, but it's not, I mean, people watching us, if they're watching us right now, they're seeing that we have chemistry talking to each other right now that we're connecting, you know, so it's not as hard as people think, although it, it you know, there is an adjustment period and my, I don't my, think it's hard at all. I think it's actually safer. You're in your own confines of your own environment and you have that, that connection. However, on zoom, there's not a as much there's a flatness that comes there's a vivacious sparkle when you're in the room having energies like that that's a little bit more uh vivacious to me but still you can just and God, i feel like actors out there if you were in a chemistry reader reading with you you could press pause for a second or turn your camera off and say you you know just to gather your breath if you, and say oh my gosh i, I just had a computer you know faux right. pas right. you can do so many ways to take care of yourself but here's my question so when you are doing um the read do you want the do you want the and i only ask this because i hear different things from actors i don't do auditioning so i'm not on there that right. the Cancer directors ask you not to look directly at you, but to look at your camera or to look on the side of your computer. What is that? Because to me, I need right. eye contact what it's all about. What's that about? Well, well it kind of just depends on what, what you're seeing. So if I have a whole bunch of producers here with me, you know, I, hopefully you're going to be able to um, isolate me as the reader somewhere on your screen that makes oh, sense. You can, you, yes, yeah. Right, 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 right. Sometimes you can't though. There are some times when, when there is a setting where you won't be able to pin the reader. So mm -hmm. it's good to practice either looking really close to the camera or as close as possible to the camera in those situations where the, where the reader is on your screen is not ideal. So for example, if I was looking down at Lily, who your, your assistant, like she's way down there and that's not, and my eyes looking down at Lily is not going to be good, but looking up, look at you or looking up towards the camera, it, it does feel from the producer's point of view, more connected. So you just ask. You're just like, hey, is this, this a good is this a good eye line for me? You know, if it's so, a lot. Okay, that's crazy. Because for me, if I don't see someone's eyes, I um, I, I'm not as specific in in my heart connection to you. I know, I know. It's actors have to really practice with a person, then really practice talking to that camera and substituting and seeing that person really clearly. Exactly. Exactly. Yeah. It's, it's, it's a new trick from, you know, but, but look, I, I remember, maybe people don't remember, uh, back when we were in person, you know, people would complain like, oh, the, well, the reader is way over here and my producers are way over <laughs> here. Or they would complain like, oh my God, I got to drive from all the way from the West side. Totally. 100%. So it, there's always going to be something right. And to me, I just feel so much better, um, doing this uh, via Zoom with actors only because I know that they're not going to have to have childcare. You know, like I was always trying to rush people 
out of my waiting room as soon as possible because I knew they had to get back to their 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 job or they had another audition or you know they are having childcare issues and so I feel a lot better um not that I want people to wait while they're waiting for a zoom with me but at least I know that they're not fighting traffic they're not fighting the rain like right now it's so know? refreshing to hear it because I I don't think actors should complain at all I mean I think it's the best of both worlds but if all casting directors were like you and did pre-reads on Zoom, this is freaking fantastic. I I wish other casting offices would do that. Um, sure they probably do, but I mean, it's it's so much. I understand just like oh, send out the tapes, get them back, go through them. But I would just I just lose my marbles after a while. You know, I really have to keep myself fresh and revived. And just having a fresh, having a live session where it's like, hi, how have you been? I mean, especially if it's some of my favorite people that I haven't seen in a long time. Like, how's your baby? How's my <laughs> new puppy? You know, I mean, it's just a nice way to connect. So. And just, it's also, that's what it's all about though, is the connection. And you're like, you really want to get to know the person and then they can fall into the world, but you want to know their vibe, right? Yeah, I mean, I coach so many people and I'm vibing with so many people, so many different energies every day. So when someone doesn't get it and they give the best audition for themselves and you loved it, it's at the end of the day, the energy that doesn't match. Right. So right. don't fret, don't frown. <laughs> and that's the other thing I'm trying to do more. It's not always possible, but once you do get those tapes in and you know that you've narrowed, you know, you've narrowed them down to the top five and you know that you've sent them to the producer and we're having talks about the performances, but the actor still doesn't know that they don't know that they've got, they've made Made it through the rings of hell or whatever you yes. know? and so I'm really trying to let their agents know like just send like that quick c-mail or quick email saying hey they just want you to know this they did amazing you know because they the, the agent doesn't know either they're just submitting and submitting it, I think it's it's important for the psyche of the actor too because even though it shouldn't matter it does matter because your job is to do the audition and let it go and move on to your life your busy life that you have things going but psychologically like when you went into the room, you got a vibe. You knew if it was vibing or not. Right. So I think I think it's helpful, and I think it's very important not to feel like you've just dumped your tape into the internet world of right. nothing, the void, that deep void. And if there's more of that interconnection and quick emails or whatever, I think that's going to help um, the mental status of actors too, which is really important. And I don't think they're thought about that as much. And and you don't even understand that there's so many actors that want it and are trained in it and are perfectly capable of doing it. And then you don't hear anything and it just, it wreaks havoc on your soul. Yeah. It's not, it's not a good feedback loop to, to get into and you don't learn anything because there is definitely, especially when you're doing comedy, you learn when you go in front of people live, what's funny and what's not funny. Um, so it's, it's tough. So I'm hopefully, I think, I think more of my colleagues too are doing better about feedback, about just in the moment, just sending a quick little, oh, this was awesome. You know, they were so funny. It's so good to see them, you know, just something quick. Um, I, I really hope people are doing that more because it really, it's, it's so important. It's so important. And on that, what are three things of advice you'd give actors out there who are just starting in their acting? Oh my what goodness. Would you, what would you recommend? Welcome. Yeah. <laughs> um, 
what I mean, Sherry, you get this all the time. Um, what do I recommend? Find good mentors, find a community to be in. Don't try to do this by yourself. You're, it's not going to work for you to be by yourself. You're going to have to find your network of people, uh, just people who you admire and who respect you. So that means getting into a great class. That means, you know, um, yeah, get it. And now you can you can go to in, in person classes now if you can do an online class and in person classes. Um, study the great performances, right? Look to those and study great material. Do not do shitty material. Look for all the great writers, the great television. There's never been a better writing on TV than, than has been for the past five to 10 years. So look at those great scripts and compare what you see on the page to what the actor did. Learn about making choices and go back and look at old auditions. There are so many auditions now you can look at Aaron Paul's audition for Breaking Bad and you can you know look at what people do um uh when they get booked okay you can't compare yourself to that but 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 it might open up your mind about how um what you know page to stage what happens I love that advice and I I as a coach I like looking at those auditions too and it's just, you learn and you learn so much by reading and reading scripts and, yes. and, and plays and just absorbing your impulses and the different characters that can maybe you will be portraying and always yeah. working the muscle. I agree with you. I'm glad I asked yeah, you that. Sure, but sure. listen, I want to go onto the podcast because I mean, there's so much to cover and I don't, don't have that much time today. Sure. 2023 coaching up <laughs> the storm. Um, um, <laughs> So tell us about the podcast, Killer Casting, that you're doing, and yes. hear it. Well, I do a podcast called Killer Casting, and you Love know, it. for years, Sherry, I cast many killers and psychopaths and, and serial killers and all kinds of crazy people. My 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 material was always very dark, so it's just kind of a play on that. But I also, so I want to talk about shows that I love. You know, we do deep dives on shows where I think the casting is fucking amazing and the acting is amazing so that you can learn about that. But then we also, I also have showrunners come on. I have actors come on. Um, we just talk about whatever kind of I want to talk about which is yeah, the beauty of having your own podcast right you know, hopefully, hopefully, like i had um marcy Leroff come on who was a very famous casting director but she's an intimacy coordinator now and she oh. talks all about sex on screen simulated sex on screen and how actors now need to know what the boundaries are and how the union is really protecting them so that's mm -hmm. a really important episode i also just had on uh we, we talked about the movie she said which of course is the movie about so i had on the it real... last night. i literally yes. just watched it last night i loved it it's amazing i had on the real uh, the real victims, two of the real victims from Ooh. that movie were on my podcast. Rowena Chu came on and she talked about what that was really like to be locked in a fucking oh. hotel room with oh. somebody who, you know, was trying to take advantage of you anyway. So we talk about that. Um, we talk about anything. I think uh, coming up, I want to have on some um, actors who become influencers who are doing some of their best work on Instagram and on TikTok. They really found this is their creative outlet and they're just killing it. So I want to... So it's basically just shows that I want to talk about, actors I want to talk to, subjects that come up. I have a great What's meditation. Shows? What show? What shows do you have you talked about that you love? 
Um, oh, there's a lot of British shows that I've talked about, but um, I love um, Succession and also, oh gosh, now I have to look it up real quick. Um, and then I also love um, 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 The Bear. I love Severance. So we, we go into that. But then we also, I also had uh, people to come on to talk about, you know, James Franco being cast as Fidel Castro. I talked to a couple of um, Latinx and Hispanic casting directors about, you know, how they felt about that and what that means, representation, what it means for our industry. And right now I have a great meditation for pilot season that I just um, put out a couple weeks ago that you can go and listen to. If oh. you're freaking out about um, pilot season, whether either you're you're getting too many self-tape requests or not enough self-tape requests, I have a little meditation, chill you out for like 20 minutes, make you feel real good. So. Oh, I'm going to tune into that. Maybe I'll play it for my class. So uh, how do we see, how do we hear it? Just on it's every on platform. Apple podcast. It's on Spotify. It's everywhere. Killer casting podcast. And fantastic. Yeah, yeah. I love it. You guys go out there and listen to it. Lisa, thank you so much. And you'll come back because I couldn't go as long as I wanted to go today, but you'll come back. I adore your energy, your passion for yeah. casting, your love of actors the give back for killer casting, the discussion, because there's so many elements in the world that don't get talked about, about the world of acting, which is also why I did love She Said, because you, no one ever knew about the process, how they came upon all the information, how it started to unravel, and it's all about the story. So those great stories and immersing yourself in it. So I'm going to go listen to your podcast. So Lisa, thank you so much. Guys, stay courteously aggressive out there. Go after your dreams. Don't let anything get in your way. Have an amazing rest of your day, Lisa. Thanks. You too, Sherry. Thank you.